Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Word Podcast. We're going through the book of 1 Timothy at the moment. We're in the second chapter, so let's jump on over there. And I'll tell you what, let's, uh, we're going to, like I said, we spent several episodes, maybe what, three or four episodes on the last part of this chapter, because this is a portion of the scripture that has often been uh, abused, been misapplied, uh, been misunderstood. And I'm not claiming to bring all understanding about everything. As a matter of fact, the last verse here that we're going to be looking at out of this chapter you know, makes one wonder, saying, okay, what is exactly being said? What is going on here? So let's back up to where we can remember the entire context. This is 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2. We're going to begin with verse 9. And the Spirit says through Paul to us, Likewise, I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women, making a claim to godliness. So remember what was going on here. They were putting on a show. There was a certain group of women <coughs> excuse me, that were um, using the corporate gathering times uh, to display their wealth and their clothing and their jewelry and their, their latest haircuts, okay? And they were just putting on the wrist, putting on this show. And he's saying, don't do that. Don't behave that way. Uh, behave in the way that is proper according to someone who claims to be godly. <laughs> so, you know, in other words, dress properly, dress modestly. It doesn't mean that you cannot have a nice hairdo. It doesn't mean that you can't wear jewelry. It doesn't mean that you cannot dress attractively. Okay, There's a difference between dressing attractively and dressing seductively. Okay, So that's what he's drawing attention to. Then in verse 11, a woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. Whoa, what is that all about? Well, these ladies, remember we talked about this before, they were sort of usurping some authority. And we believe that they were the ones that we're going to see later that were actually, oh, we'll sit here in this moment, were uh, teaching and doing some things that Paul says, I don't allow. I'm not going to allow you to do this because of what they were doing and the way they were behaving and the way they were acting. They were not being submissive, as the Scripture says. Now, that doesn't mean a caveman mentality again. And it's speaking predominantly uh, about a, a wife being submissive to her husband. Okay, A wife doesn't have to be submissive to somebody else's husband. It's not talking about that. But it's talking about the governmental structure that God has given for the body of Christ and for the family. And so he said, he's saying this, you know, these women right here are causing disruptions. So just do this. Uh, women, y'all quietly receive it under submission of your husband. Verse 12, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. You know, he says this quiet thing a couple of times. And so that sort of gives me the idea that they must have been very uh, bold and rash in what they were doing, these ladies. And I can totally understand this, folks, because I have experienced uh, similar situations right here. Okay, I have actually experienced this. And there's a mindset that goes along with this that's not very attractive and it's sort of very much a bull in the china closet kind of thing. Okay? So he's saying, don't do that. Don't sit there and teach and exercise authority. In other words, it's a demanding thing going on right here. Uh, there's actually sort of a bit of a Jezebel spirit kind of thing going on in the midst of this thing. And it says you don't have that. You don't have that type of authority because God has given 
a structure here. And then he picks up and tells what it is, verse 13. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. Notice that both were created, but Adam was first created. When he says first, okay, that gives us an idea that God has a structure in mind right here. Okay, He has something planned in mind. It doesn't have an idea of superiority at all. Okay, He's not talking about that. He's just letting know as foremost, this is what happened first. Adam was created and then Eve. Then verse 14, and it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. And I think that's where we get the idea where it's always referred to as the fall, okay? And I understand that, but I really don't like that terminology because this right here sort of makes it clearer. And then when you look at the balance of the Scripture, it becomes even more abundantly clear that the woman was deceived. Okay, she deceived. And she was deceived and fell into transgression. The man, he wasn't deceived. He flat out rebelled. I think that Adam could have redeemed his wife in some form or fashion, however that might have been, if he had just said to her, no, I'm not going to partake of that. You shouldn't have done that. And I think God would have done something there, whatever, again, that might have been. But the woman was the one who was deceived, and she fell into transgression. Now, that doesn't mean, a lot of times people say, well, that just shows that women are not as smart, they're not as wise, they have to be careful, they're more susceptible, et cetera, et cetera. No, 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 that's not what's being said right here. He was saying that the woman was the one that Satan came to first. Well, that, what are you saying, that God works through women? I mean, uh, works through men and Satan works through women? No, 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 no. Okay? What it's showing is that there's a structure here. Yes, Adam and Eve were side by side in the garden, and they still were even after the rebellion. But God tells some things there in Genesis 3, and he tells Eve, he says, you know, your desire is going to be for your husband. <coughs> Remember that phrase? That doesn't mean... That so often we want to paint that as like a physical desire and that kind of thing. No, 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 no. What he's warning them of is you're going to want to usurp your husband's authority. You're going to want to step outside of the structure that I'm giving you on now because of your rebellion. You're going to want to do this. And that is a tendency. And you see it within the body of Christ. Again, I've seen it with many, many women in that way. And I've seen them doing exactly what these women right here were doing, usurping authority and demanding the teaching, this and that. And the poor men and the poor husbands just have that spirit of Ahab upon them, are all wimpy and everything. And it always leads to chaos. And that's what he's warning them about. And then the last verse, this is sort of a, an interesting thing. Verse 14, remember he said, well, let's start back at 13 again. For it was Adam who was first created and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Verse 15. But women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity and self-restraint. So he's telling the women, continue in the faith, continue in love, continue in holiness, is how it's translated in other translations, sanctity, holiness, and continue in self-control. King James calls it sobriety. New American Standard says self-restraint. So be self-controlled. But what about this phrase right here, but women will be preserved to the bearing of children. And, and that word preserved literally means to be saved in the midst of. So what does it mean? Well, it's one of these things that we're just not quite sure. It could mean that God will watch over them while they're bearing children. You know, just the logistics of that, that he will protect and he will watch over. Well, that's great. It doesn't mean that they're going to be saved unto salvation unto eternity by the bearing of children. And that's not what's being said. I think what's being given the picture right here is the role and responsibility of the women. 
of the woman. And you see this throughout Scripture. That the woman is the head of the home. The, the, the husband's the head of the household and over the woman and leads the woman, et cetera, et cetera. But the woman has roles in functioning. And the primary role in functioning is the bearing and the raising up of children. Now, this isn't the mindset that the world often wants to paint that you know Christians want to keep women barefoot and pregnant all the time. That's not what's being spoken of here. But it's spoken of the fact that God has designed women to be able to uh, do this because you talk about a special calling of, of having children and leading children and raising up children and and operating within a home the way that they're supposed to. That doesn't mean that a woman can't, quote, unquote, have a job, you know, that kind of stuff. No, no, no. You go read the Proverbs 31 uh, passage, and you see that this woman, she did, she was a superwoman. She did everything. She took care of her husband. She took care of her children. But she also had business interests and did things like that. But her priority was what the Lord shows to be the priority uh, for the woman, and that is to uh, lead the family and be over the family and take care of those children. And so he was letting these ladies right here know, no, 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 y'all need to quit acting this way. You need, you're a little distracting us some stuff right here. You need to continue the faith and love and in holiness and self-control and focus upon the things that are important and that God has designed all of us for. Well, anyway, I'm Dale, and I thank you so much for your time. I'll see you again later.